Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX. And please, if you haven't, like, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Leah Merrill, joined by Craig Morgan tonight. Thank you all so much for your patience with this delayed start time. Um, Obviously, there's special circumstances tonight. PD is not joining us tonight because his father, Bob, um, tragically passed away last night at the age of 84. Craig? Yeah, missing PD. Uh, it's been a tough day. Um, I, I don't even know. Words fail at times like this, right, Leah? I mean, uh, PD's dad, Bob, was a, it was a hockey legend at Bemidji. I think we all know all the national titles. He's still top 10 in wins in NCAA history and winning percentage as well. But that's, that's just the numbers. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I hadn't been up to Bemidji to get a sense of the impact that that family had on the community. But when Bemidji came down to play ASU a short time ago, Petey went to that game with me. And that's when I really got a sense of how much the Peters family meant to that community because I only saw Petey for about five minutes that night. He was <laughs> he was in the Bemidji locker room. He was talking to everybody. He was, as we walked past the stands, there were people that recognized him. So he was talking to all of them. And of course, I mean, I didn't I didn't feel offended. It was just really cool to see how many people had connected with that family. That that says it more than anything to me, more than the wins and the success, just the kind of connection that exists between that family and that community. It was so plain to see. So they lost a, a really important member of the community, and I'm I'm just feeling so much heartache for my for my good friend who I've known for a long time. Pete's obviously on his way back. I don't even know he's back. He's probably back at this point with his family. This is a tough time, and so I I just want him to know that I'm thinking about him and I love him. And uh, I, I know, uh, Leah, you've probably got some things to say as well because you've spent a lot of time with Petey in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. I know I haven't uh, known Petey as long as you have, but, you know, just in the all the time that we do spend together, really gotten to know him. I know his son Jackson as well from college. So um, I really, my heart breaks for them and their family and just hearing all of that, the impact that um, Bob had on that community and just, you know, the incredible son that he raised in Steve Peters um you know we get to 
experience that every day. So, you know, our well wishes to him. And tomorrow, um, our live show at 10 a.m. will be a tribute show um, to Bob Peter. So we hope that you all tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, for that. And we will dive all into on into Bob Peters and his life and legacy and for PD as well. So, yeah. Thanks to everybody out in the community, by the way, who who reached out as well to send their condolences and tell us they were thinking about PD. We appreciate all of you. We appreciate this community. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, we still have a game to talk about. And unfortunately, it didn't go the way I think many of us saw it going, at least for the the first half of the game. I was um, in the chat for the last 20 to 30 minutes or so. Um, And I think everyone kind of feels the same uh, feeling that the Coyotes seem to have this one kind of or had a chance to have it and it got away from them at the end. Penalties just ruined them. And to me, I think this might have been the most heartbreaking loss of the season. Yeah, it it was tough on Andre Turigny when he spoke to us uh, just after the game. Uh, You know, he's talked about the last few games. They've actually played very well five on five. They've, They've had more chances and yet they just can't find a way to get a win. And t- but you get that Clayton Keller goal late, and you think you're in in a great position to post a win that you probably deserve tonight. And then you come to the end, and there's a there's a in my mind a questionable call on Phil Kessel and uh, too many money on the ice penalty that was very close. And in in my opinion, I'm not I'm not sure you call it in that situation, especially. When it's so close, you know, I I prefaced my first question to Andre Turinji in the postgame press conference with, I don't want to get you in trouble, but what did you think of those two calls? And he said, probably what you thought of them. He didn't he didn't want to take the bait, didn't want to comment on them. But that that said to me all that I needed to know. I don't think the Coyotes were happy with those two calls. And in the end, yeah, you still got to kill the penalties, but they probably shouldn't have been in that situation and it cost them the game. Yeah, it's unfortunate um, because the Coyotes' penalty kill is 29th and the Rangers' power play is 7th. So, you know, just from a statistics standpoint, they weren't putting themselves in a good position. Um, But other than that, it was honestly a pretty equal game. Let's pull up uh, the numbers, the shots. I mean, the Coyotes actually came out one shot ahead. The shots were pretty even the entire game. Um, Of course, the power plays is what killed them um and also the coyotes trailed in faceoffs by a lot all night long so not a ton of puck possession that second half of the second period i felt like the coyotes were in their defensive zone most of the second half of that second period um so you know despite having some great chances um and despite the effort and the numbers that we see there it just those penalties man they, yeah. they just got them on the note of the possession, it's it's important to remember too that Johan Larson and Jay Beagle are out of the lineup, so two of their key faceoff guys are not here. They've got, yep. as, as Andre was saying tonight, I mean, Clayton Keller played a little bit of center, Liam O'Brien played a little bit of center, Christian Fisher went out of this game early. He's not really a center, but he's played more center than those guys have. So, yeah, well, I mean, Clayton played it a long time ago, obviously in his career, but they're just they're really hurting at the center position. It seems like anybody that steps into that position, gets hurt. And uh, we don't have an update on Christian Fisher after he left this game tonight with uh, an upper body injury after blocking a shot in the first period. So 
it, it just keeps coming. Uh, Andre did say that Johan Larson will be back for the next game, so that'll help a little bit, but we mm-hmm. don't really have much sense of the other guys right now. So the Coyotes will continue to play shorthanded. And it's, I mean, on a team like this where they're, they're already, you know, deficient in many areas that, that really hurts them. That's great. Well, uh, Karen had commented, we had a shorty. So that's something that's true. The first shorthanded goal of the season for the Coyotes was also um, Louis Erickson's first goal um, of the season as well, which was great to see from uh, Keller and Labushkin. Um, it was the it was Erickson's eleventh shorthanded goal of his career. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Spit it out. He and th- his five hundred and ninety-ninth point. He thought he had another goal there early, the one that was Oh my above. gosh. You know, I asked Andre about that, and I guess their video guys got a really good look at it. And he said it 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 wasn't quite in. It was on the line just barely, like hanging on by a thread. It hadn't I know. crossed the line completely so but it was that part close. of it was over the line and i know yeah, the whole most of passed it. across the yeah. line but i just i saw the the replay and it was pretty much like oh painful how much painful. does that change the game right if they get that goal as well you don't know it's that's Ugh. sometimes the way the game goes this was a tough tough loss for the i know i know. did a lot of good things it really was. Um, Sammy D has a super chat. Is Chikrin saying Uh-oh. you're going? Sammy, we will get to this a little bit later in the show, but I just want to acknowledge thank you for your super chat. I promise we will get to the Chikrin trade rumors after we <laughs> finish dissecting. Thanks um, for the money, bud. Game. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, Craig's been waiting all day to address um, these rumors as well. Um, another player that stood out for me tonight was Cam Deneen. Um, that. Yeah down ice pass that he had to Hayden that gave Hayden a breakaway opportunity. I just felt like I noticed him a lot tonight and that he's really kind of stepped up and, you know, gotten this opportunity and taken full advantage of it. It's nice to see some of these Tucson guys getting that chance and, and making an impact in games. Dyson Mayo is a guy that we've been talking about for a while. Who's really comfortable playing some significant minutes. Uh, I know they pulled Kyle Capabianco out of the lineup tonight. He's, he's had his struggles in the past few games, but he yeah. has had impact at various times. So they're, you know, they're, they're getting some contributions from their Tucson guys, which is of course what you need to have happen when you have injuries. This season's a little bit different than anything we've seen in the past, but you still need that sort of contribution from your guys down in Tucson. Yeah. And of course, uh, JJ Mosier made his NHL debut tonight as well. So um, no points for him tonight. He was the minus ones, but you know, great to see him make his debut. Um, He's been really great in Tucson um, fifth Coyote to make his NHL debut this season. It's unbelievable, isn't it, to have that many guys making their <laughs> league debut? But that that speaks volumes about the season that we're watching with the Coyotes right now. I know, right? Absolutely. I um, know. I, we got a chance to talk to him afterward, and I actually spoke to Bill Armstrong about him. That'll be – I'll have several notes in my uh, neutral zone, my notebook tomorrow that, that you can read on. Hey, is this me doing this instead of you <laughs> just pushing the website right now? No, look at you go. Look at me. PHNX Sports. Come on. <laughs> I, I will have a, a, a heavy notes column tomorrow. You, they'll have a lot of good information. That's one of them. Um, JJ Mosier making his season debut. Bill Armstrong told me today that he thinks they, that he's been the best defenseman down in Tucson from start to finish this season, which is Quite a statement for a guy who's just come over to North America. He's a little older, 21, but uh, another sort of a success story of their deep scouting over in Europe. Uh, and again, the name Teal Fowler, the scout who found Karel Vemelka, is the guy who uh, was really pushing to bring J.J. Mosier over as well. Wow. That's really awesome to hear. Um, and if you missed it a few weeks ago, Petey and I actually got the chance to interview him um, on episode two of Down the I-10. So if you're 
unfamiliar with who JJ Mosier is, you can go on our YouTube channel and go check that out. Or it's also where you get um, podcasts as well. So look at Craig plugging his articles, go phnx.com, become yeah, a member. I, look I at got this. a little bit of a dry mouth right now. I could use an IPA to just. Uh, <laughs> get, get I know, super right? Super chat, anybody? Super chat? Oh, wait, we did just get a super chat. <laughs> from ruler 14 thank you ruler 14 what do you think what do you think is most lacking besides the power play and uh and this team overall scoring (laughs) man you know when it goes back to what andre said earlier they had chances they create a lot of chances they have been the last few games five on five they've been pretty good but they don't have finishers on this team and i've said this on this show a few times in the past it feels like the coyotes need to create twice as many chances as other teams if they're going to win games because they just don't have the finishers. And look, we, we expected that in a rebuild year, but it, you just see it on a, a nightly basis. It has to be so frustrating for the coaches and the players because they are doing a lot of good things in the last few games, but they're just not getting any reward for it. Yeah. And I will say one thing that I have noticed over the course of the last few games is the the shot chances have been pretty even. And I will say, Wedgwood did play really well tonight, I thought, um, gave the Coyotes a chance. And again, it came down to those um, penalty kills not being successful. But I do feel like Wedgwood had a way better game tonight than he did last week and that better than Vimelka had as well over the weekend. So um, I thought that was an improvement. Um, I also thought that the Erickson, Roussel, and Galchenyuk line looked phenomenal tonight. It was great to see Galchenyuk finally get some chances. He had a shot off the crossbar, um, which, again, it's crazy how just um, inches, like it was a matter of inches so many times in tonight's game. Yes. Um, which is extremely frustrating as well. So Antoine Roussel had that one rush where he got around the defenseman and cut in. I think he just sort of hooked him near the end. But he still got a shot off. But he showed a good burst of speed. They were they had some chances that line tonight. Yeah, for sure. But um, it was Keller who kind of had the standout mm. night, and uh, that's why we chose Clayton Keller to be our DraftKings King of the Game. One goal, one assist, two points, plus one, eight shots on goal. And he was getting into it at the end after the final buzzer, um, and Phil Kessel got involved there. So great effort from. Um, Kessel tonight all around, yeah, um, especially that move on the his goal from Schmaltz and Strawman was awesome. Yeah, I don't know what sort of – I didn't look at the final stat sheet to see how much time he logged tonight, but he was on the ice a lot. And, look, uh, they, were, they were without Christian Fisher, so you have to, you have to replace the body anyway. But yeah. Clayton Keller earned his ice time tonight. Um, 22-10. One, one of the things that has been a constant thread for Clayton Keller as he's – tried to establish himself in the NHL as a one of those elite players is consistency. He has been good for most of this season, you know, but he, he had hit a little patch here where he wasn't producing. And, and it's not all about production, but to be blunt, when you make Clayton Keller money, actually it is about production. You need to produce consistently. That's, that's part of what you're paid for. And he had dipped the last couple of games. And I was watching this one closely because I, I, I'm sort of waiting to get maybe halfway through the season to get a really good assessment of where Clayton Keller is. I've liked a lot of his season. I like the weight that he's put on and how it's made him more aggressive in going to the net. But again, it's about sustaining it over a, a long period of time. And when I saw him dip for a couple of games, I wondered, OK, are we 
are we going to see another one of those periods of time where Clayton Keller just disappears for a little while? But man, he had a terrific game tonight. He really imposed his will on the game. Uh, Andre Turin, you talked about it after the game, how he just works. And when you when you work and you're that talented a player, you're going to get results because that combination works. Um, he he had the goal and the assist, so you can see it on the stat sheet. He had, I, at one point he had seven shots on goal. I don't know what he finished with. Eight. And he got eight shots on goal. You yeah. mentioned the time on ice. He was a force on the ice tonight, so that's good to see because he you, you don't like I said you don't want to string those games together where you're not having an impact, especially when you're one of those guys that has to be driving offense. He really drove offense tonight for the Coyotes. Definitely. And, you know, like I mentioned too, he was getting into it with Truba at the end. So showing that emotion and, you know, Truba's kind of made a name for himself around the NHL this season, but, you know, not just on the stat sheet, but just, you know, in, in those unspoken ways as well, um, making an impact. Um, We mentioned that he's the DraftKings king of the game. And as a reminder, our show is always brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week at DraftKings, new customers who sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet a dollar on either team to score in an NFL game can win $100 in free bets. And tomorrow's Thursday, so you can do it on that game to get your free bets. There's so much that you can bet on. Um, You can bet on hockey or not. You can bet on whatever you'd like. Um, There's all sorts of player props, player futures. Um, The Coyotes play face Anaheim this week, and Trevor Zegras has been on fire. So if you want to throw some money on maybe him winning the Calder, that's something that I was considering today. Um, So just all sorts of things that you can bet on using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So be sure to sign up using that promo code PHNX and bet a dollar on any team to score in an NFL game to get your $100 in free bets. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. There's my there's my uh, plug for the Anaheim Ducks and Trevor Zegers. <laughs> yeah, wow. You're really pushing that one hard. And, and by the way, when you look at the, the games coming up, the Cavs are going to go on the road for three games now. They're going to go to Anaheim, Vancouver, and Seattle. I, I will be going to Seattle. I had hoped to go to Vancouver, but, you know, border crossings right now are a little tricky. And yeah. I, I Saul Bookman wasn't keen on me getting stuck in Canada for two weeks. And Not your family over freight. Christmas? And I don't I don't understand why he would want to pay my freight for two weeks in Vancouver. But anyway, I won't be going to Vancouver now. Uh, but I, I will have a couple of Vancouver-related stories. You can imagine what those might be. But when I look at this road trip now, Leah, and I, listen, I don't want to discount the Coyotes' chances in any of these, but Vancouver has, has righted the ship. Uh, right now under Bruce Boudreaux. They're playing very well right now. Yep. Anaheim's been really good all season. We're going to hit the 30-game mark after those two games, and I wonder if we're talking about a five-win season after 30 games. It's, uh, I guess it's playing out the way some in the organization had hoped, and it, when you look at the standings now with most of the teams pulling away, this this is starting to feel like a two-team race between the Canadians and the Coyotes. There's yeah. There's a little bit of separation not quite enough yet with a couple other teams, but Ottawa's been playing better. Better. I don't know if Seattle's going to be able to string to another, uh, together enough wins, but it feels right now like it could just become a two-team race. 
I know it's it's crazy. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Vancouver doing better. I so I, while we were waiting for you, Craig, we a, a few of us went on Tankathon. Um, and when I did it, Vancouver got the first pick. <laughs> but Ruler fourteen said uh, just in the draft we got first three times in a row. So I like that one better. Um, and uh, Islanders are awful. Yes, yeah. but they are still better than the Coyotes. Yeah, I, I just can't see the Islanders being there. I, I don't see Vancouver being there either. Now they've they figured something out. I, look, they I mean, they, I know they've had their own COVID issues, but they were on a plane to San Jose tonight, so they're they're still playing. Unlike the Calgary Flames, who are just in the in the depths of something right now. It's just crazy. I, I actually talked to their GM, Brad Living today, and it's just crazy what's happening. I talked to a few people up there. Like Dave Tibbetts stuck in quarantine in his house with no symptoms. Oh. It's it's all tough. It's really tough right now what they're going through up there. So you, you just hope that the NHL comes out the other side of this. But, man, I, I, I'm really starting to wonder about the Olympics and the, and the viability of that at this point. Does anyone really – first of all, you, you've got all these situations where you may have games that you have to make up. You've got players going – COVID spreading like crazy, like wildfire – through the NHL right now, are you really going to risk going to China, having a positive test and possibly getting stuck there? I know it's the worst case scenario, but five weeks in China, that's just be a nightmare scenario for any player. I know it's been, it's been a really crazy week in the NHL, just all the COVID stuff. Um, You're just glad to see that it's not affecting the Coyotes yet. And hopefully this is, hopefully this is the peak and it's down here, downhill from here for, downhill in terms of the numbers going down not (laughs) the trajectory but um it has been rough to see but yeah this upcoming road trip it's crazy Anaheim is in first place in the Pacific I think we all I think you and I picked Anaheim to be last and PD had picked San Jose to be last um in the Pacific and now to see them first they won 4-1 against Seattle tonight um Looking ahead of those games, I would have said that Vancouver and Seattle would be winnable. Like you had said, Vancouver's been hot ever since Bruce Boudreau has stepped in. Again, maybe Seattle's winnable. Do you see the Coyotes getting a win on this upcoming road trip? That would be the game that I would point to as the, as the possibility. I guess they already beat Seattle once, but maybe Seattle have payback, payback in mind when they go back up there. I'm excited to see that arena, too. Speaking of arenas... Um, a fresh, well, I mean, it's not a new arena. It's a refurbished arena, but it, it's supposed to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And uh, one day, I hope to be covering a game in a brand new arena in Arizona, covering the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> in Tempe, or <laughs> you know, if that doesn't come through, maybe somewhere else. But man, I, oh. I, actually, actually, I don't want to rehash this story. I, I, no. I don't want to think about this right now. So we don't any, need to. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing that arena up there. It's supposed to be special. Yeah, that'll be great. So you can follow along um, with Craig on that road trip um, on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan and at uh, PHNX underscore Coyotes. And like we had said before, go PHNX.com, become a member so you can access all of Craig's stories, become a member in the members only Discord, get deals on merchandise as well. There's actually a really great deal um, if you're scrambling for last minute Christmas gifts. Um, You can get a PHNX gift box. Um, so this is a good deal. There's only two days left, but you can get two shirts of choice and a PHNX annual membership, um, in that box. And when you buy a gift box, you get a $15 gift card to the PHNX locker. So if you're sitting here on what's today, December 15th, 10 days till Christmas, and you're wondering, oh no, what do I do? Here's your, here's a great gift option. So 
check that out for sure. Um, I know you didn't want to get into the arena stuff, but there are some rumors that I know you've been wanting to address and Sammy had mentioned it earlier in their yeah. super chat. So Jacob Chikrin, uh, <laughs> on the, on the trading block, that was a rumor that started to circulate the internet today. What do you have to say, Craig? This, this actually started way back when that first Islanders report, I think it was the fourth period or hockey now, forgive me, I'm not remembering which, which website reported it first, that the Islanders had inquired about Jacob Chikrin and the ask was astronomical. Basically, they were rebuffed. And look, going into this offseason, we, we had the sense that Jacob Chikrin was among very few untouchables on this roster. He was a guy who was coming off uh, a Norris Trophy caliber season, uh, a young defenseman on a very friendly contract that they could build around. So it made sense that he was a key piece of their future. And then that that story came out. And I think what happens in those situations is once once a name gets mentioned in any kind of trade rumor, basically any GM in the league has to do their diligence at that point, right? You don't want to be the guy who gets caught with his pants down, who did do the work, and then suddenly, wow, Jacob Chikrin was traded, and I didn't inquire about a man. My ownership might be asking me why I didn't inquire, because we could use a defenseman like Jacob Chikrin. So the calls start coming. And then then when uh, someone of Elliot Friedman's stature and caliber puts a, a note in his column, then everybody takes notice. The The key distinction here, I think, it, this is a matter of semantics. Um, with, with Elliot saying that he's getting the sense that the Coyotes are gauging Jacob Chikrin's worth. And, and I'll have much more on this in, in my notebook again tomorrow in the neutral zone. But I think there's a key distinction to be made between gauging interest and listening. And gauging to me is a more active process. Listening is, okay, my phone rang. I got to pick it up because it's another GM and I got to find out what they want. And listen, every GM's job is to consider every option out there for accomplishing their goals and improving their team. If a GM is not doing that on a daily basis, they shouldn't be in their post because they're not doing their job. So Bill's going to listen. He's going to listen to whatever's out there. But again, that doesn't mean that they're shopping Jacob Chikrin. Um, it, it, it's entirely different. Look, is it possible that somebody could blow their socks off with an insane offer that he had to think about? Sure, that's possible. But again, take all of this with a grain of salt. I'll have a lot more details in my piece tomorrow, but just just take that with a grain of salt because I don't I think I don't think it's quite as it's been characterized thus far. Yeah, that, it was shocking to see that in in that column today because, like you said, it went from him being the one untouchable piece on this team to oh well, wait a second. Um, but and I don't think anyone expected that. I don't think anyone kind of expected him also to have the season he's been having um, with his minus stats either but of course yeah. he's out this week still um at least tonight's game and friday's game more to come on that um you'd mentioned before that fisher was out and didn't come back so we'll follow up with that as well um man i feel like we pretty much covered everything from this game just yeah. frustrating heartbreaking coyotes are leading the team and penalty minute or the team leading the league in penalty minutes um 
with I think they said it was an average of 12 a game or something like that. So yeah, and one of the concerns there is where they're taking them to. I had that in my uh, notebook today. They're taking a lot of offensive zone penalties, which is yes, the one zone where you really, really don't want to be taking penalties unless you're coming to a teammate's defense or something like that. But those are, I mean, look if you if you take a penalty in the defensive zone because you're trying to prevent a goal or in the neutral zone because you're trying to prevent a rush. Okay. A coach can probably live with that. But if you're taking penalties in the offensive zone and the Coyotes were atop the league in that category, that's, that's often just a sign of carelessness or frustration when, when we don't get a scoring chance or something doesn't go your way. They, they can't be doing that because as you mentioned earlier, the PK stats are not really good for this team. They don't want to be shorthanded. Nope. Um, the one positive of the three penalties they took they were scored against twice, but then on the other one, they scored. So, you know, we just, we have to take the wins where we can get them. Yes, this was a heartbreaking loss because the Coyotes could have won this game. But at the same time, the New York Rangers are a really good team. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're, you know, a top, not on top, but toward the top of the Eastern Conference. And, and the Coyotes had a good game against them. And they had a chance to win. Um, and, you know... The long game is pain for Shane uh, looking for that first overall pick and they're still in a good position. So you just got to, you know, adjust your perspective when you when you cover Coyotes games and watch Coyotes games as fans, too. So you, you got to think about it that way, at least. Well, I guess we get to watch the next two from from home. From yes. The comforts of our home. So indeed, indeed. There's that. Exactly. Well, like uh, like we'd mentioned at the top, um, our live show tomorrow at 10 a.m. Arizona time will be a tribute to Bob Peters and um, just talking all about Bob Peters as well. Um, so we hope you'll join us for that. If you can't, um, and that will be live on our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, at 10 a.m. So please like and subscribe and follow um, the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so you get reminders when shows go live. Um, and if you can't catch that show live, you can go back and watch it or you can listen to it um, in audio format. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Like, follow, and leave us a five-star review and leave us a written review too. It really helps us a lot, means a lot to us as well. Um Craig, any other final thoughts? Nah, I'll see you in what, what is it now? 12 hours, 11 than, hours? Less than 12 hours. <laughs> Man, that's the the reality of uh, covering hockey. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for being so active in the chat. Um, I had a great time. My gosh, I can't speak anymore. Chatting with everyone. You need an IPA? <laughs> I know, I do. At least my fridge is right there. You still have to drive all the way home. No, I'm home. Um, but anyway, uh, we thank you all so much for your patience and um, send PD your love. Tweet at him at S Peters Hockey on Twitter. Um, I'm sure he'll he'd love to see all of your messages. Grateful again um, for this family and community that we've curated here at PHNX, and we appreciate you all so much. And we will see you tomorrow. And uh, have a good night, everyone.